0: Hey everybody, how you doing? Uh, I'm just going to get started tonight. Uh, People will join as they do. Uh, Of course, you can always check this out. On our SoundCloud, the video gets uh, posted to broadstreethockey.com in the morning. If you can't tell, I am battling a bit of a uh, sore throat, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, Yeah, Jody, that's exactly where we're going to start tonight. That is exactly where we're going to start is with... uh, Weiss, AMAC, and Dave Hextall, uh all of whom, the uh, three probably most maligned members of this organization uh, <clears throat> uh, through this early season and for uh, basically since they got here, um, uh it, it's funny because Dale Weiss and Andrew McDonald once again played. Uh, well, McDonald's been playing well. He's had some hiccups. The first game he was absolutely terrible, but uh, he actually goes and scores a freaking goal tonight. He hasn't been. Uh, he hasn't been glaringly terrible. Dale Weiss had a uh, had a hell of a game uh, through most of it. Just uh, it was really good forechecking set up the uh, set up the Nolan Patrick goal. Nolan got his first career goal tonight. But in crunch time, there they go. There they go. The two guys that we just spend – I mean, we spent most of last Broad Street Hockey Radio of last night bashing these two guys and just wondering what the hell it's going to take to get them out of the lineup. And they take consecutive penalties. They take penalties at basically the exact same time. Uh, In real time, the Wiese one I thought was questionable. And then uh, then when I saw it – when I saw them slow it down – yeah, he just, he just tried to tackle somebody. You, I, I, it doesn't matter if they're standing in front of you. You can't just wrap a guy around the head and take him to the ice. That's, that's going to be a penalty. And then McDonald just has a lazy trip, just undisciplined, sticks his stick out there, knocks a the player over, five on three with, what, less than three minutes left. It's not going to get it done. They score the goal to tie it. Okay, you're thinking, cool, we're going to get to overtime where the Flyers are as good at three-on-three three as anybody. Uh, they got a chance in overtime. But then Dave, good old Dave Hackstall, hacked us tonight. Uh, he hacked us good. He challenges for offside. The challenge fails, and on the replay, uh, the challenge wasn't a good one, Uh If Nashville had scored maybe the go-ahead goal and you're challenging it, okay, I can live with that. I can live with taking the risk on the go-ahead goal. But the tying goal with that much time left and you're going to just go right back to five on three? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is a terrible challenge. And I am the guy that sticks up for Dave Haxtell more than anybody. But once again, he did something that cost his team. Uh... I mean, having McDonald and Weese out there in the final two minutes is probably enough uh, to cost to to criticize Haxtell over. But uh, that challenge was terrible. And then on the winner, uh, you know, top three defenseman, Andrew McDonald is back out there again. And look where he was on the game time or on the go ahead goal. Look where he was, down on the ice, flat on the ice. Uh, he just is on the ice constantly. Hardnell down doesn't even begin to describe it because he chooses. McDonald chooses to be on the ice. He thinks it's some sort of defensive advantage for him to do this. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, it was such a frustrating game because it was such a fun game through most of it. Uh, you have the ceremony. You have that Nashville crowd, and it's a, it's a lot of fun and Nashville comes out buzzing they get that goal in the first places going nuts they get two more beginning of the second flyers are down 3 nothing and then the flyers charge back with three in the second they end up with five consecutive goals i don't know if i have ever seen a team score five consecutive goals and lose uh, that can't be a thing uh, The Flyers may have set a record tonight. Elias Sports Bureau has to be all over this, a team that scores five consecutive goals in a game and somehow loses. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, But it was just a – it was such a fun game through most of it, and it was just a shootout. And when it's – even when uh, I think – who had the – was it Forsberg who had that fourth goal? Yeah, when Forsberg has that, uh, has that fourth goal for Nashville, I'm just thinking, okay, cool, this is, we're just in a shootout. This is going to be fun. This is uh, just a good back-and-forth game between two teams. And I was so prepared to come on here and praise the Flyers' discipline tonight. Uh, they only took one penalty for, through the first, like, 57 minutes of the game or something, and then they end up with three in the final three minutes. And that, you're not going to win that way. I don't care what you think of the job the referees did tonight. You had five power plays. You only took one penalty. All you had to do was stay. Bl- All you had to do was stay disciplined through the closing minutes of this game. But no, they were unable to do that, and it was just absolutely frustrating. Uh, Brian Elliott wasn't very good tonight. He was uh, bad, in fact. Uh, he he had a couple questionable ones. Uh, Nashville comes at you hard. Um, they come at you in waves, but there was some stoppable shots there for Elliot tonight. Uh, like I said, I'm battling a sore throat. I don't know how long we can do this uh, for tonight, so I'm going to just start taking your questions, and we are going to go uh, as long as I can. So just put them in the comments here, and I will just start reading them. Uh Like, anyone on here is more qualified for the head coach position. Good call, Dave. Oh, yeah, good call, Dave. You lost the game. Yeah, good call. Lost the game. It's not about being more qualified. It's about knowing the situation. You don't – knowing that you are going to take a penalty and put your team back at a two-man disadvantage immediately after giving up the lead on – The 5-on-3 that they turned into a 6-on-3 by pulling the goalie is asinine. It's asking to lose the game. There was no way. There was no way they were going to kill that penalty. 100% certainty they were not going to kill that penalty. And look what happened. They lost. Awful call by Dave Haxtell. I've stuck up for the guy in the past. He's really starting to kill me with this stuff. I mean, Andrew McDonald out there for that last goal. He just caught. He just gave up. He just took that Ridiculously undisciplined tripping penalty. It's just a lazy penalty. Have some discipline. Have some control over your stick. Body the guy. Do anything other than just, oh, yeah, I'm just going to stick my stick out. Oh, you tripped. Okay, well, go into the box, I guess. No. Wrong. Putting him out there for that goal, it was asking him to lose. It, it was the LA game all over again. Andrew McDonald, he's defending. Uh, Jeff Carter coming down on the rush, and instead of doing any number of the things that they teach you to do in, like, the fourth grade when you're playing hockey, he just decides to fall on his face to defend Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter just eh, dipsy-doodles around him, throws it out front. Goal, I think it was Trevor Lewis who was completely undefended. He just – McDonald takes himself out of so many plays, just takes himself out of plays. I don't know how you can put him out in that situation especially a five-on-three when there's so much space. There's so much room for a guy who gets lost to get lost. Ah. <sighs> All right. Brian Elliott was like watching Briz, but without the endearing bear jokes. It was uh, – the thing that killed me about Briz was the lazy goals. I've never seen a goalie with such um, just, like, loose positioning. Briz let in so many goals through his armpits, basically. Uh, I didn't see that out of Elliott tonight, but he was definitely frustrating to watch. He he could have made some more stops tonight. I'd rather lose games this season uh, with Moran and Limblom. Than with Amac and Wiese, 100% agree. Um, these veterans aren't giving you any sort of veteran presence. And even when they make good plays, like Andrew McDonald and Dale Wiese did tonight, they're still making you game-costing plays. They're still killing you. It's unbelievable the the number of small mistakes these guys make. Uh If Sanheim did what Mac did, wouldn't he sit so he would watch and learn the finer points of the game, hold the vets to the same standard? Uh, this is something we've been yelling about for two seasons now. I mean, you, you you make the excuse that these veterans are here because they give you this veteran presence and you know what you're going to get out of them and they're steady, but they make constant dumb ass mistakes. Sandheim absolutely would be benched if he did uh, what McDonald did tonight, 100%. Uh. Elliot looked bad on the last goal he was down early yeah he was down way too early he just gave him he looked like a little league goalie he just automatically just automatically opened up the bottom or the top of the net and it was just a slam dunk how long till Moran starts a game it's gonna be a little while Uh, They come home. They come home from the road trip Uh, tonight. I guess they're going to come home. And Hextall said he's not going to keep eight defensemen here, so someone's going back. Uh, Sanheim has started three in a row now, so you got to figure he's a guy. He's in the rotation. He's one of your six. Brandon Manning's the perfect seven, and Sam Moran's going back to the AHL at least, at least for now. So. I'm not hopeful we're going to see Sam Moran before Thanksgiving. I'll tell you that right now. I think, uh, yeah, end of November, probably when we'll see Moran. Who knows? Who knows? Radko Gutis hasn't been very good. If they figure out a way to move him or just sour on him a bit, uh, we might see Moran before then. But I can't believe they do, uh, they do anything drastic with Radko uh, in, like, the first month or so. Uh You don't care about how we refs did tonight. Yes, yeah, so and when they play the game I oh, god damn it. The refs didn't lose the game to the Flyers tonight. That's not what happened. The Flyers took two shitty penalties, and then they challenged a clearly onside play. So the Flyers, the three penalties they took at the end of that game were on them. It has nothing to do with the referees. They're out there to make calls, and they made calls. Last penalties, while accurate, were BS based on nothing. No, they were penalties. That's all there is to it. Don't take those penalties. Do not blame the guys in stripes. Don't take penalties. Dale Weiss can't wrap a guy around the head. That's illegal. Andrew McDonald can't trip. Tripping is a normal penalty. These are not things that are over the top that never get called. This was on the Flyers tonight, not the referees. Uh. No, Zachary, the Weiss call was not wrong. He charged into a guy and wrapped his arms around his head. That is illegal. That you cannot do and then took him down to the ice. You cannot do that. It is against the rules. No, the calls were not garbage. This is on the flyers. The uh, both penalties, all the penalties, were correct. They were the right calls, guys. It has nothing to do with the refs screwing the flyers. Why would the refs want to screw the flyers? That makes no sense. I wonder if Hackstall saw a different angle on the offside. I felt he must have been certain to take that risk. Who knows with Dave Haxtell? He's certain that Andrew McDonald is a 1st pair defenseman. Maybe the guy just can't see. Maybe he just is blind. Who knows? Positive, please. No, why would I be positive after a team just scored five consecutive goals and lost? And lost because of the things that we as fans have said for over a year now are the things that are wrong with this team. Andrew McDonald. Dale Weiss and the team's mostly the head coach's, decision making. They lost the game tonight because of those three things. So that's what I'm gonna harp on because that's the story of this game. Yeah, Travis Connecticut's goal was absolutely outstanding. I mean, Nolan Patrick getting his first, getting the first of his career. Hopefully that hopefully that opens the floodgates and he really gets going. That'll be absolutely amazing to see. But the story of this game is that the Flyers blew it. Uh Goodis had a bad turnover behind the net in the second period, yeah, Chris, I think I saw that too. It was the um a four checker was coming at a uh, at ghost, I believe, and ghost played it around to gutus and Goodis had time and just kind of fumbled it and then uh, a guy came down on him and just gave the puck away it's It's been bad. Gutis is one of my favorite players in this team, and he has not started the year well. Uh, took that bad penalty at the end of um, was the San Jose game. He took the bad penalty at the end of, and he just hasn't been he hasn't been strong. <laughs> they just replayed the Mac penalty. It's a total BS call. Can't trip people. Bill, thoughts on Philp on the power play, taking shots, right place, right time, or actually looking like a fit in your opinion? Um, okay. They, there's a positive is I, I see a lot of uh, chemistry building uh, on this team right now. That power play is going to have a new look. It's it's different without Braden Shen or Scott Hardinal. Um, you have a lot of good puck movers. You have some really dynamic playmakers on there, and um. Outside of, outside of Wayne Simmons, you have a lot of guys who can handle the puck and are, are great at moving it around the zone. Um, they started out really well the power play, uh, the first game of the season, going three for their first three. And it, I feel like a lot of it has to do with pace. When they play fast, um, they just they, they can just they're like the Golden State Warriors out there. They're just moving it around and around and left and right. And then before you know it, there's an opening. And uh, I feel like when they struggle, it's because they get into this mode of um, slowing it down like it's still the... It's like it's still the Giroux power play that featured Yager and Hartnell, where it was more methodical. It was more about getting the big shot from up top and then just scrambling down low and just waiting. But... Um, when they play with pace, I uh, I like what I see. Filipa isn't going to be a dynamic scorer, but he had two goals tonight, and that's great. But I think he can help um, with the different looks they're going to try. Uh, he can hop out to the far boards when Giroux goes behind the net, and they they you can just have different looks. And it's going to be it's going to be all about chem- building chemistry over you know the first couple of weeks of the season. Tonight was what? Tonight was game four. So, it wasn't all going to happen right away, but I like to see the chemistry building uh the first line and the fourth line got off to hot starts this year. Those middle lines are starting to come together now too. Uh, I liked what I saw for the most part out of those lines tonight, and uh hopefully it just keeps going. i want to see i want to see it I want to see them continue to improve uh, as a team on Saturday against Washington and moving forward. We need to make a move for a real veteran D-man. They just need to play the guys they have. I don't want any veterans. This team's not winning a cup. I want the players that are in this organization to become the veterans. The refs officiated the first half like a playoff game and decided to get tough at the end. Garbage officiating. The Flyers had five power plays, guys. We can't blame the officials when the Flyers had five power plays and then committed penalties. I, I I know we want to blame somebody. Blame the players who made the mistakes. Dale Weiss and Andrew McDonald and Dave Haxtall for putting them out there and for making that challenge on a clearly onside play. Thoughts on Sandheim, I was very impressed. He seems to be developing. Uh, yeah, he's coming along. He's another guy you're just seeing get more and more comfortable out there. I saw him uh, carry the puck a little bit more tonight, which is absolutely one of, what you want to see out of a kid who can, uh, you know, skate and distribute and just create offense the way he can. It's going to be – It's. he's not Spare coming on, boom, explosive guy. Uh, but it's gonna develop it might take a little bit of time but he's clearly getting more comfortable. I've liked what I've seen out of uh, out of sandheim so far for in the in total I've liked what I've seen out of sandheim obviously want to see way more but I'm willing to uh I'm willing to say just let's wait on it it's let's be patient with him. it's gonna come along you see the potential he's he's just getting comfortable now. Fourth and eight was a good call, Joshua. Bill Belichick would have gone for it on that fourth and eight. It was not clearly onside. It was a very close play. I thought it was offsides in real time. But they're not looking at it in real time. They have the the down-the-line angle, and when you look down the line, it was clearly onside. You cannot put your team at a disadvantage like that, especially after the game-tying goal. If it is the go-ahead goal, you take the risk, but now you're just conceding the game. Challenging that play is conceding the game. That's why you can't do it. Andrew played great. Both penalties should not have been called bogus. No, you can't trip people. Penalties are bad. Don't do it. Who's James? You look like a fatter, uglier Ron Jeremy. James, you're watching me. You're watching me, bro. (laughs) What do you do? I want to know what James does. What does James do? Oh, I have to leave to find out. I'm going to guess it's not anything that cool. No one would, uh, like, tune in to see what he does. So, suck it, James. You can't put your players in a position to lose game after they worked so hard to get back into it. Absolutely. Uh, comes down to coaching decisions at that point in the game. After McDonald puts the, takes that penalty and then... They tie the game. You can't put him back out on the ice to kill another five on three. He's just face down on the ice. That's how he defends, is on the ice, face down, doing nothing, hoping the puck just hits him. I've never seen anybody who affects the game less than Andrew McDonald. He's just so – he's just – I'm disgusted with what I saw out of him in the final two minutes of tonight's game. The guy stepped on his stick. Yeah, it's tripping. Don't have your stick there. Can't be under the guy's leg. I don't think Haxtell had the camera angle clearly showing on sides. He probably didn't even look at a decent angle. Still a bad time. He has the damn the line angle. The coaches have that stuff. 70-some games to go. We will be all right. No, this is a reaction to tonight's game. I'm not worried about the next couple of games. Uh, this is – and it's it's a bigger issue. It is the guys who don't belong in the lineup, and everyone agrees, don't belong in the lineup, costing your team games. And the coach's, deci- the coach's decision-making, which is constantly questionable, comes into play in the game-deciding goal tonight. So the things we criticized constantly were the things that were up close and obvious, the things that cost the game, the Flyers the game tonight. Sure, you don't want to fall behind 3-0. You can always say, hey, that's where they lost it. But they came back and scored five consecutive goals and still managed a way to lose this one. So you have to blame it on decision-making. You have to blame it on putting Andrew McDonald out there on the 5-on-3 after he takes a penalty. Here's a thought experiment. Pretend you are Sid Crosby or Ovechkin or anyone in the NHL and think about who you'd rather play against, Sam Moran or Andrew McDonald. Yeah, that's a a legitimate point, especially how you see how a ton of the goals were scored against the Flyers tonight. Guys crashing the paint and just uh, out-muscling the Flyers down low. Just. Um, getting second and third opportunities, knowing clearing out the crease. Again, on the game-deciding goal, there's a man standing in the crease, and Andrew McDonald is brushed by him, and he's down. I, it's absolutely ridiculous that they can't figure this out because the people in the stands can see it. And while I usually say if you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with them, this is obvious stuff here. This is very just clear. Overall, do you like the rule that it's a penalty if you are wrong on an offside challenge? Um, I don't think all, i don't think offside should exist. First of all, I think you should just get rid of offside. Um, you shouldn't be able to challenge it. I like the fact that it basically eliminates the offside challenge. That's what I like about the rule. Uh, coaches aren't going to do it. Because they're not going to, you know, take a risk like Hackstad took tonight and put his team down like he did. Um, it's I, I challenging offside is stupid. I, if you can challenge offside on a on a play that happens, you know, 12 seconds before a goal is scored, why can't I challenge the hook at center ice that they missed? You know, that led to the goal and shit like that. I it just doesn't. I think it's really dumb. Don't you think Moran provides more than Gudis, and especially Mack? Uh, I think over the long haul, Gudis is a good player, but he hasn't been good to start this season. But, yeah, Andrew McDonald's terrible. 4 check was good tonight, Jeremy. Uh, that fourth line has been good four-checking uh, all season. The uh, the dynamic of that first line, they, they win a lot of battles and get pucks. Um, but Dale Weiss was a big contributor on the four check tonight, as was uh, Val Philpla. He helped down low as well tonight. Thomas, did you see the last goal, Thomas? Andrew McDonald was face down on the ice for the game-deciding goal. He was doing nothing. Andrew McDonald did not play a good game tonight. He cost his team the game. You can't lazily throw your stick out there and go, oh, he stepped on it. No, no, that's a penalty. You can't trip guys. Get rid of offsides or you're a moron. Why? What good does offside do other than slow down the game? What is the point of offside? Michael is Michael Raffle a victim of cap hit, being fourth line versus Weiss, who's being paid more but doesn't have the skill? Michael Raffle is on a line that he that will keep up with him. Um, let, let, let me just check the ice time because is some, if you just don't label lines, if you just don't worry about it, that stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah, Dale Weiss played 11.38. Scott Lawton played 11.36. Taylor Lear played 11.18. Uh, Michael Roffel played 9.46 because he doesn't kill penalties. Uh, the even strength ice time is basically the same. So they don't really have a third and fourth line. They basically have a bottom six, and the top six gets the majority of the time. I thought, especially in the first period, the first line played a ton tonight. Um, but uh, don't label the lines. Michael Roffold, yeah, I would like to see him in a more offensive role, but he's got good chemistry with a line that's playing really well right now. Below the goal line on power play is great. No, I uh, I absolutely agree, Dan. Um, it's, It's a real simple... It's real. It's a real, uh, real simple process for me. And, um, you know, on, on Broad Street Hockey Radio, we talk a lot about uh, some research that's been done and where goals are actually scored and the home plate plays and passes across the ice and passes from behind the net and how they lead to a ton of goals. I, I think you don't even need to look at all that. There's a guy... There's a guy uh, whose name is, if I'm not mistaken, Wayne Gretzky. And this man, Wayne Gretzky, has more goals and more assists than anybody uh, who has ever played the game. His office was behind the net. So it's likely that playing in that area will lead directly to creating goals. Uh, I, I, it's something I really wanted to see out of the power play last year. I wanted to see Giroux uh, more down low. less. It's a way to get Giroux closer to the net, first of all. Uh, when he's out on the perimeter, he only has so many options, and so many of his passes are high risk. Uh, when you get him closer to the net, I mean, the closer you are to the net, the higher the chances of the puck going in it are. Um, I'm really happy to see that they're generating offense this way. It's been one of the bright spots of the season so far that they're given some different looks. Uh I'm sorry I'm struggling tonight guys. I uh, woke up a little sick, but I did not want to miss hanging out with you. Do you still like Laterra over Weese? Uh, I heard you take your take on BSH radio. Weese other than his dumb ridiculous penalty tonight, um played a pretty strong game. I like Laterra's. I think Laterra just brings you more in the offensive zone and uh, is a bit more versatile because he can play wing and center. But um, I guess Weiss bought himself another night in the lineup. I, if this is our – I realize I spend most of this time hating on Dale Weese because um, I do believe he cost them the game tonight. But uh, – Yeah, I would like to see Yuri Laterra at least get a chance. There is absolutely no reason Weiss is a lineup staple. Uh, If it goes back and forth and he comes out and plays a game like he did tonight, that should buy him a couple more. Yeah, okay, we'll leave you in for the rest of the week. And then you throw someone else in. You give Laterra another shot. Uh, When they send Moran down, I'm guessing Matt Reed is coming up. Uh, Matt Reed is better than both of them. I know the scoring has dried up with Matt Reed, and he's been frustrating with the, ever since he signed that contract extension. But what he gives you on the penalty kill and what he gives you. Now, there's a veteran presence. There's a guy whose veteran presence I wouldn't hate in the bottom six because you do know he is a steady player who can kill penalties and just give you a consistent effort every night. He's not going to go out and tackle somebody by the head with two minutes to go in a one-goal game. You know, he's not going to do those things. Uh, so uh, I would like to see some competition for that spot. Um, and that's really the only open spot among the forwards. So, yeah, I, I still support at least seeing Laterra, and I want to see Matt Reed as soon as we send Moran down and Reed comes up. I assume that's what's going to happen. you'd be cool with players just staying in front of a net cherry picking on every outlet. Here's the thing. They're not going, there's not going to be an incredible amount of cherry picking. There won't be because no coach will choose to play five on four in the defensive zone. It's not going to happen. It just opens up more outlet passes, which is totally fine. Why wouldn't I want to see more goals? Goals are cool. Tonight's game, a lot of fun because there were a ton of goals. I think that's a more effective way to open up offense than just saying, oh, yeah, uh, offside challenges. It's a penalty now. Um, Yeah, we're going to crack down on face-off violations, and they are going to be penalties now, and that's going to create more offense. I would like to see the actual – skilled players get to make more skilled plays, and that's what getting rid of offside would do. It would, make the, it would open up the game, make it faster. There would not be a ton of cherry-picking because no coach is going to choose to play 5-on-4. Once Moran does get sent down, who would you rather see in the lineup against the Caps, a or Manning? Manning um Neither of them are very good. That's uh probably McDonald. My biggest the biggest problem with McDonald, and there's a lot, but the biggest one is uh how he gets used. Again, this is a coaching issue. Um he gets used alongside Proverov, he gets put out with the first PK unit, he assumes the role of a top three defenseman when he is clearly a six. Uh, At least when Manning is in there, they use him as, you know, the last guy in the rotation, which is something we talk about on BSH radio all the time. Like, they're probably equal. Andrew McDonald might be a little bit better, but the way they're used, it's more advantageous to have Manning in, but it's not going to happen. Andrew McDonald's not coming out of the lineup. There's one thing they've proven to us over the last couple of seasons that Andrew McDonald is a staple in this lineup. On the plus side, going two and two in this road trip is not too shabby. Fully agree. Um, would I like to pull this one out, though? When you have a when you have a two-goal lead, you need to win those games. Um, yeah, when, when you just look at the schedule and you go, okay, win, loss, win, loss, all right. Not too bad uh, to open the season on a four-game road trip, three on the West Coast, and then you go to, you know, that hostile environment in Nashville for their home opener. Getting the four points isn't the worst thing in the world. But circumstantially, you know, they had a two-goal lead in this one, and you hate to give those up. Uh, Do we have any more questions, guys? I'm about to call it a night because I am – I am hurting a little bit. All right. That is all the time we have for you on the Broad Street Hockey Radio postgame show. Uh, I don't know who will be doing the show on Saturday. I'm going to guess that it is going to be someone else uh, on Saturday. I think we have some sort of tailgate or bar event. I don't know. Steph's setting it up. We will have the details uh, for you at some point this week. But uh, thanks for joining me, everybody. This has been a lot of fun. We're going to keep these postgame shows going throughout the –